Coming up, today's guest is the co-founder and CMO of an app called 24Me. You'll discover how they built an award-winning Apple Best of the App Store kind of app by being consumer-centric. Also, you will discover how to gain attention in a crowded space, the one question you should ask your most frustrated users, and finally, how always being the first to build new Apple technology has been a great driver of growth. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. From Apple features to ASO to influencer marketing, you will learn all the tools and tactics to make it in the app space. Learn more at appmastersacademy.com. Do you need press releases, email content, or blog posts to show you know your stuff? Well, check out copymasters.co where you can get unlimited copywriting for just one low monthly price. It is copymasters.co. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com. You know, the podcast, the YouTube channel that you subscribe to when you want action-packed content in the app business. I I get to talk to some phenomenal app founders in the space who have found success to really learn their story of how they did it so that we can all learn from them and collectively grow together. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest all the way in Israel, and her name is Liat Mordechai. Her to new, she is the co-founder and CMO at 24Me. It's a fantastic app that we're going to learn all about that really combines your calendar, your tasks all into one, and it's AI powered. Liat, welcome to the show. Hello, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. So Liat, tell us about the journey. Where'd you come up with this idea for 24Me? Uh Okay, so actually, it came out of out of my personal story. Um, I'm a mom of three. Uh, at the times when I uh, started with Twenty for Me, all of them were like really babies. And uh, my background is um, I studied computer science and I worked for a startup my entire life, and I love the industry. And while you know growing my family, I uh, started to notice that time become to be something very problematic when I try to juggle with my career and technology and my new family uh, it happened to be something very um, hectic and demanding and I was trying to look for solutions that will help me and uh, my partner in life Gilad uh, to keep ourselves on top of things you know not to forget every anything that we need to do and so on we couldn't really find something that worked out very well for us. And that was the point that we decided that we're going to merge forces together and build a personal assistant for people like us, busy people. It could be with families, without families, but people who are really juggling with their lives and want to have something that will help them throughout the day. And the main idea behind 20 for me is that it's a personal assistant calendar based and uh, which not only reminds you about doing things, uh, it also helps you to complete those. And th- this is the main focus uh, uh, around 20 for me. You have completion buttons, you tap, and that's it. You're uh, completing your tasks and errands. I love it. The 
when you guys were thinking about the artificial intelligence side of things, the machine learning side of things, what are you guys kind of thinking around that? So it's more about, you know, how do we, how do we deal with the data uh, mm-hmm. that you have there and helping you be uh, on top of that? Let's take just one simple example that we implemented in our product. Uh, uh, we call it a procrastination fighter. So procrastination fighter is a kind of a special reminder that uh, looks for tasks that you haven't completed yet. Mm. And then it searches for um, available slots uh, in your schedule that, uh, you know, we kind of learn what are the available slots that you have and, and when you can really have the time to complete them. And we suggest you, okay, listen, Steve, uh, we just noticed that you have uh, a slot on your calendar. Why won't you do those two, three tasks that you didn't complete yesterday? So this is like one example of how we can utilize the, uh, the AI in helping you achieve your goals and your tasks. I love that. I love that. The the other thing I want to refer to, Leah, too, is you said you were in the startup space, you know, you were computer science background. What was that transition like from startup, you know, being in the startups, working for a startup, and then now being the founder and co-founder of a startup of your own? What was that transition like for you? So uh, actually, it's a good question uh, to ask. I never thought about the transition. Um I was always in a managing role in startup companies, so it's um, it's something that you do learn uh, a lot about responsibility, being responsible responsible for other people's time, schedule, project management, delivery, uh, adhere to due dates, and so on. Uh, so I grew up in the space of technology with a lot of uh, uh, hooks in uh, uh, product management, program management, account management, stuff like that. But being a founder uh, is something really different. Beside of uh, all the tasks and the things that you need to do while developing a product, a new fresh product, um, you also need to, you need to do some other things. One of them is, of course, if you're uh, raising money, so you need to uh, make sure you're doing the, this in the right way. The other aspect is an entrepreneur, as a founder, how do you bring value to your community? Because uh, I believe that in order to get some knowledge and earn some knowledge from the community, you need to give back. So how do I do that with my community, with the community of uh, uh, technology, technologies around me, startup entrepreneurs around me, marketers? And so on. So there are so many things uh, when you learn uh, as a founder that uh, you're not aware of as being one of the team members of a startup company. How do you make sure your employees are happy? Um, You know, I'm just thinking about it. It's uh, I think it's a kind of a a topic that we can cover for the entire um, uh, podcast, but uh, it's fascinating of how many things I've learned over the time uh, as being a founder of a company. You know, what I'm fascinated about, Liat, is like what, because I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. We're very similar in age. And I knew back then, like I used to sell cassette tapes when I was young, and but I didn't know how that was going to look like. And I have a similar background where 
I was working for a lot of startups and I always knew I wanted to do my own thing, but it was not until I started this podcast and I started having this audience who then started coming to me for marketing help that I felt like I had the courage to actually leave and do my own thing. How did you mm-hmm. have the courage to finally go, okay, all right, I'm done with this startup life. I'm going to start my own startup and do 24Me. So I always knew that uh, I'm a kind of an entrepreneur in heart. Uh, as a child, I, I did some ventures on my own, uh, like Really, when I was six or seven, I was selling like uh, plastic bags to my neighbors uh, <laughs> just next to our building. Oh, that's funny. And then when I grew up, um, I was uh, selling necklaces. I was buying them in the cheaper prices and then selling them in higher prices. So I always loved to do businesses and uh, uh, creation of value and stuff like that. Then when I studied uh, my computer science degree, I was participating in a very special program um, that uh, uh, Sam Zell is uh, someone very familiar in the U.S., founded uh, the first program in Israel. Now there are three other programs in the United States in uh, um, uh, some other universities. And this is called the Sam Zell Entrepreneurship Program, which um, it is one-year program when you learn about venture creations, you know, the, 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 the basics and also hands-on, you really um, start something on your own with a group. So you understand the tactics of a group, you create a venture, you present it in front of VCs and stuff like that. And then when I graduated that, even though I didn't uh, continue with the venture that we had at the program, um, it was like a kind of uh, something that I knew that I, I would do one day And um, I went out to the market and I uh, joined startup companies and and I did what I did for other startup companies, became a a founding team member in uh, uh, companies. It was fun and I loved working for startup companies, but I always knew that I want to create something on my own, as as you mentioned, like to create a value and be responsible for something, deliver it from point A to B and do it in our way. So I think it, you have that bug in you. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to do it. <laughs> Did you guys raise money for 24Me? Yes. We raised okay. a little bit of money. Uh, we're bootstrapped for uh, some time. Then we raised a bit, a little bit of money. And um, yeah, that's about it. About okay. the, the funding. I know one of the ma- main things that we wanted to talk about today was being cons- consumer centric. Now, early on in the days, and I'm always fascinated about this because, you know, you have this feature set in your head, Leon, of all the things that you want in 24 and me. But then when you bring it to the audience, you're like, oh, this is not completely what I thought it had in mind. So how do you guys start? How do you approach consumer centric, that type of strategy and that mindset early on in the days, early on in the days? Yeah, great question. So first of all, and I think it uh, it applies to most uh, entrepreneurs who want to deliver a new product to the market, you need to create the first version of your uh, product. And we call it the MVP, the minimum valuable product, the minimum feature set uh, that brings value, but it's really minimum to understand if the market uh, how the market reacts to um, to this uh, uh, premature or semi-mature product. And that's what we did at the, the early days of 2013. Uh, our product was uh, the MVP, uh, included a, a minimum set of features. 
to test and see what's the reaction of the market. And the reaction was very good. I mean, we really got uh, behind our expectations. It got featured. We got tons of New Year's, New Year's a week. And, um, and that, uh, and that point we understand, okay, so we're doing something right. And we know we're missing something. How do we know what we're missing and how we move on from this point and on? And that's how we uh, leveraged. And this is like something that we really focused on up until today. And to being consumer centric, which means listen to our users all the time to open all the channels that we can and um, hear about the feedback, about what's missing, about what's working, what's not working. What can we what can be improved? Um, we do it through many, many ways, and I can elaborate on that. Yeah, but, please. Uh, you know, we, we through social media and gather everything to our CRMs and through emails that we send out to our users, very friendly emails, and just, you know, amazed to see that uh, there is so much positive response from our users who really want to contribute and help us to understand uh, where we are and how can we improve more on our product. Reviews, you know, the Apple reviews, we answer each and every reviews uh, on the App Store. And that's something that helps a lot. So keep always keep listening to our users and understand from them um, what's working, what's not working, and where they want to see the product growing into. Of course, we have our lead, we have our vision, we have our strategy, we know uh, how to grow our product and, and put it in the right place. But we always need to listen. Is there a question that you like to ask when you're trying to elicit that feedback? I always try to understand if if someone is fr- if a user is frustrated. So it's a really simple question: Why? Why it's not working for you? If it's too complicated, something not understandable, something like that. If someone is happy, you you hear that less, you know, you 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 hear more the frustration from users, less the the happy things. But we also hear happy things. Like uh, we get lots of emails from users, um, mainly from you know the ones that are really happy about it are users with ADHD or users that uh, had a trauma, like a brain trauma or something like that. Twenty for me really helps them gather everything together and keep themselves on top of things. They really need that. Okay, It's more than me, you know, like our usage of uh, of something like that that helps us be on top of things. They really need that for their day-to-day. Um, so uh, th- those are simple questions to und- to ask them. What is the f- that feature that helps you or what's not working for you? They'll say exactly uh, what. Yeah, and I forget my one of my past guests and now a friend of mine, she said something similar where I forgot the exact wording and I loved it so much. It's like, what did you have problems with when you first used the app or something in that realm? Like where, because sometimes you're like, hey, can you give us some feedback? And people are like, I don't know what to say, right? So I'm always fascinated by what people ask to elicit the right question because this is what mm-hmm. I do right now anyways on the podcast. So it's it's very interesting to me, like what kinds of questions elicit the best type of feedback? Uh, yeah, and you know, there is something very simple that you can also do with testing a new product or testing a new feature set. And it's something that we often do. We, we gather people who are not familiar with a product at all. 
-hmm. We give them the product, we see them in the room, we give them the product, and we see exactly how they use the product in our eyes, what they're tapping, what they're missing, what they're not missing. That's how we understand really the behavior of users. You know, we can even catch them in a coffee place and ask them for their ask for their help. Yeah. But you really understand more when you see how your users interact with your product because you can't sit in a bubble in your office and uh, you know assume that everything works okay. No, it's no. Sometimes you have some assumptions, and going down to the market, it just it it it, it just fails. So. This is the best way is to just see how users interact with your product in your that. eyes. I love that. The The next thing I want to move on to is you had some amazing press on TechCrunch, USA Today, CNN, Wall Street Journal, Forbes. The, the th How did you gain attention in a very sort of crowded space? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about it. It's a very crowded <laughs> space, right? I mean, talking only about the App Store, we have more than 2 million apps, right? Right. And uh, I'm not talking about the Google Play, which uh, there is more than that. And, you know, what I believe, and I always tell that in, in any, with any conversation they have with the entrepreneurs, uh, people who are, who are starting their new ventures, I think the story of why you started this venture really matters. The story of uh, your personal story, if you have a personal story, that really, um, uh, that really helps. And I think that our personal story as uh, busy parents of three who really needed a solution to help us um, with our time management, with, that, with our schedule, with sharing our calendars and tasks together, that's something that people really relate and uh, um, when you do have a mission, like a personal mission, that you really believe in it, I think it really helps the product to be out there. And another thing, which is, you know, other than the, 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 the personal story, uh, by the way, that helped a lot to get a lot of coverage on the press. And, um, and back in the early days, it's something that really gave a very good spot uh, to our product, to 20 for me. And nowadays the product is uh, really, it's, it's, it is featured a lot. It gets a lot of attention from Apple as well, uh, based on other things. But the product should be a very good product. Let's start with that. It should be simple. It should be intuitive. It should be beautiful. Uh, you need to sell a kind of a, something that people will inspired by and would love to use it should be really beautiful and and the design should be something that users will relate so that's something very very important as well because if not uh it doesn't matter how much coverage you get it's just not working right mm -hmm. uh, to users uh so this is the the two main things that uh, really help first of all what is your story and second off, and this is maybe number one, is the, the product. The product right. need, really needs to have something unique and a very good design. Yeah, I love it. And you, you know, when we asked for a bio, you said, hey, 
co-founder at 24Me, Mom of Three, on a mission to help people protect their most precious asset time. And I think it's the mom of three that really resonated with me as a father of two. And then we got to talking before we record about it. So I think to the listener mm-hmm. out there, don't be afraid of incorporating some element of it. And sometimes you'll find that as you do more and more of these and you tell people your story, you'll find the little nuggets that people like really resonate to. And that's the ones that you're like, oh, you know, I should continue saying this because people will give you like, oh, that's cool. Like look for that. That's cool type of feedback. And that's when you know you've got a right story in your head yeah yeah i agree i think that if you really believe in what you're doing and if it really comes from your own frustration uh that really helps because you're gonna build the most amazing product to people like you <laughs> i agree i love it all right Leah. so i want to get a little technical here from a strategy standpoint besides all the features and the press like what are the growth strategies that have you guys used to really help you drive user growth Okay, so there are many uh, growth strategies that really helped us, and we discussed about uh, a few of them, like uh, getting the attention and uh, uh, how to be always the first one to deliver new technology, stuff like that. Let's start with that, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, we always try to be the first uh to deliver the new technologies, the new technologies of uh, iOS. That really helps because once you uh, stick to the schedule of the iOS uh, uh, due dates, uh, you get a lot of attention from Apple because you promote their feature set and their technology technologies, and and then you get a kind of a, I don't know marketing exposure by them putting you on the shelves of the App Store. So that really helps uh, uh, for uh, app developers uh, if they want to get the attention. This is a, a nice way to get the attention. The, the second one uh, by growth is, as I said, I mean, we are very involved in the community. We help a lot to founders. Uh, whenever there is an opportunity, like a podcast or something like that, you really do it with lots of uh, pleasure. And I think that's something that uh, helps also to our product to be out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the second uh, main thing. The third one is uh, word of mouth. We really try to deliver a very good experience. Once we're um, uh, delivering a good experience to, uh, to a user, we notice that he recommends to usually at least three people around him. And that's something that really, really helps because it grows organically. All, all I was talking about so far is like how to grow it organically without uh, investing a lot of money in uh, marketing and budget-wise. And and that helps a lot. The, the word of mouth when you're uh, trying to uh, put something out there and it really works and users are very happy, they will recommend um Usually it, it happens, you know, that uh, you recommend to your spouse and then you recommend to your close family and friends. And there are many other taxis for, tactics for growth, but I just want to mention those three, which I think are very, th- th- those really helped us and uh, helped us grow uh, in the past few years. Are you doing anything to encourage that word of mouth? So I think that, uh, you know, the PR helps. Uh, but uh, as for the users, uh, we do help with uh, providing feature sets that uh, help with collaboration. 
Like, for instance, you can share your grocery list uh, with uh, uh, 30 people or so. So we usually see that like roommates who share their, uh, the things that they need to buy for their, uh, for their ho- house together or couples who share their grocery list, stuff like that. This is, those are shared tasks or students that are working on a project uh, are doing this. That helps also with, uh, you know, uh, having more users growing organically within our, uh, within our app. Uh, but basically, you know, it's a personal assistant. It's something very personal. It's your calendar. It's your time. There are, there are some hooks for sharing, but the main point is something very, you know, central about you. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, but there are ways of how users found it very attractive to have more people combining and uh, getting into 24 Me. So that's how it eases their time. As I said, especially for families and and couples who want to share the information between them. What have you done from a monetization standpoint? Have you guys always been a subscription-based app? Has it gone through different iterations? What does that look like? Um, No, it was a free app. Uh, up until Apple opened the subscri- subscription option, uh, which was, uh, I think, two, two and a half years ago, something like that. And then the app uh, became, um, um, it had the option to uh, subscribe to uh, a premium set of features, which are more advanced productivity features uh, that our users love. But the basic um, 24Me, the free version of 24Me, is full and rich with tons of users. So, I mean, we always said, okay, you can skip using 24 You don't necessarily need to subscribe to the premium. Um, we tried some things around, you know, complex feature set before in the early days of 24 Me with monetization. I must tell that it wasn't a, quite a big success. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't something that, you know, you see also growing over the time. So I think that the subscription is um, a new way that Apple introduced to developers uh, that really helped also to keep them uh, on top and and growing the company. And and that helps also to bring new feature sets and uh, grow the product more. Uh, I see that something as as very positive. I know lots of app developers in the market. Right. The subscription uh, really helped them instead of just chasing about funding money and uh, uh, doing stuff like that. They are focusing about the product. Uh, have the uh, the subscription helping helping the helping them to grow uh, the product even more. Yeah, completely agree. I had a friend of mine. He said, you know. He was struggling. It's been featured. He got amazing growth. He was making games. And then he started studying the app store a little bit more and then finding, moving to that subscription revenue model and then totally turned around his company. He's like, I had three months of payroll left and I had to just figure this out. And he kind of moved on the subscription. Now he's doing phenomenally well. And I'm like, dude, you're doing so well. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we, we, we must say that with a lot of cashiers too because yeah. it's it, it doesn't fit a lot of uh, other products right you need really need to have a good content that people uh, will subscribe to and will find value in paying on a monthly or on a yearly basis right yeah so we need we need to be very careful about that and really find um uh, if the product or the subscription the subscription brings value uh to the users because i don't believe any product 
could be a subscription base uh, uh, for users, right? Yes. I mean, it should really have something um, that sells. You know, this is something that I wanted to put a like a module or a course type of thing together with all the video content and all the things I've learned through the other app developers from a subscription model. But yeah, I'll ask you this since we're on the topic, like, what do you think are those factors? Like we, I agree with you, like not all apps should be subscription based. But what do you think are the key factors to making an app that is subscription based? So it, sh- it should be um, a content that uh, changes over the time and grows over the, over the time. It should be a content that people find value and can't live without that value, okay? Uh, it should be um, a, a product or a service that uh, provides more than the basics, way more than the basic. That there should be a very distinct, distinct uh, um, a, between the basic and the advanced. So it, mm. it's like a two, two products based in one, but uh, you really understand what's the value that, uh, actually it comes to the second point. It's, it should have a real value to the users and users should can't live without this, this content. This is, I think, the main thing. Yeah, I love it. The, uh, anything that I might've missed on my end that you wanna make sure we cover? I don't think so. I mean, I think I uh, we covered uh, a lot uh, with you know how to deliver a product, how to grow a product, uh, how to create the first set of features, and then growing it based on your roadmap and listening to our, to your users and understand uh, what's working and not what's not working. Um, I think that the one thing that I would like to mention is mm-hmm. if you're working on an iOS um, uh, app. Uh, it's really important that you're you will um, you will be in touch with the um, the teams, learn about the new te- the new technologies, be up up to date with, with everything that happens. Go to the conferences, see it in your eyes, and try to always be one of the first to delivers uh, to deliver those on implement uh, those technologies in your product. If if you really find value uh, in these technologies. I think it helps a lot to app developers. I love it. All right, Liat. Well, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app that we definitely have to check out. <laughs> no problem. So um, actually, I was thinking about it. What is my favorite app? Because my iPhone is full of apps and amazing apps, and I always love to explore and download, download new apps. Uh, really, and not only to stick to the big to the big companies. Uh, you know, there are apps that I'm using on a daily basis, of course, and I love the uh, the flexibility that Google, Google Drives provide me, and uh, and so on. But talking about like something really cool and nice, I want to mention uh, one app uh, which is called Buzzart, and Buzzart is a photo editing uh, app. Uh, a really cool one, also made by Israelis, uh, that you can edit photos magically. I'm using it a lot to create some marketing content or stuff that I do for uh, for home, for kids, invitations, stuff like that. It's very easy, very, very beautiful. The team always bring new value to their users. I mean, I think you should really check it out and uh, see what they're, uh, what they're up to. 
and um, it's also a, a, a founding one of the founders is um, is an amazing woman Gilly uh, happens to be also a friend so I'm biased nice. a little bit I'm, I must say but um, this is an app that I use on a daily basis well I'd love to have her on if you've enjoyed this experience I'd love to have her on as well yes I'm, I'm downloading right now to connect. all right that'd be perfect <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? I think the simplicity of a product. A product should be simple, not complex. You know, back in the old days when we started, we tried to deliver our users um, some sophisticated stuff. Like we had a, an ability to connect your bank accounts and to your service providers and even to a marketplace of uh, of helpers that will help you complete your task. And you find out that even though it's, it's so cool and press loved it, it was too complex. And our users really wanted to have something simple. So to stick to the simple things like the, the, the core around the calendaring, the core around helping them to manage their time more easily, the seamless way of how their tasks work on their calendar and the functionality around that all about the experience so that's something that took us some time to understand you know instead of just being the bringing those wow things which are very complex right. understand that the basic the simplicity uh, is much more powerful than anything else yeah i love that was there a feature that you had to remove you're like oh but i love that feature so much you know, a few things got removed over the time because not only dependent on us, but dependent on also third parties that we we work on, other companies that got uh, emerged and uh, acquired by the big ones and got shut off and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So those things were available and not available now, but there are other uh, amazing stuff, amazing things that we've added to 24Me, which... Um, caused 24 to be a, a suite of collection of uh, uh, functionalities with the notes, with the calendars, with the tasks. Everything is seamlessly integrated together to one simple way of uh, working with the one product that um, eliminates the use of using multiple other apps. And, um, and I think that brings a lot of value to our users. Yeah, I love the simplicity of it. I like the whole like just drag and drop feature on the task thing that I can completely mm -hmm. move some of those things. And I love the little hamburger. These I, I geek out about these little small little feature <laughs> sets, but like the animation when I hit the hamburger menu button, it doesn't always just go to the next screen. It just goes away a little bit. And I see that. I love these little type of things. And I think that's what brings the little simplicity, although you're keeping it simple, but you're like, adding these little rewards in a way to the user, mm -hmm. like, hey, this is a good feedback. So phenomenal app. It is called 24Me. You can check out that website, spell out 24.me, so 24Me, or just look for it in the App Store. We're all app developers here. Just look for 24Me, 24Me. Liat, if anybody, if the audience wants to connect with you personally or do you want to send them anywhere else? Yeah, they can connect me via Twitter or Facebook. I'm Liat Mord, L-I-A-T-M-O-R-D on both channels and, and they're more than welcome to uh, to connect and ask awesome. any questions that they want. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and doing this. I know you got three kids at home probably waiting for you, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thank you, Steve. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you at the next chat.
Thanks for listening to the App Masters Podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.